as if the angels of destruction are coming, flying across the, the midst of the sky. Just right across the street, right on top of that car, it looks like. When God sent his destruction down, you can see that God was not pleased with that people. Well, what are we doing today? Well, today, we've got far beyond that. Wouldn't it be nice to just step in, just for a moment, to step, imagine yourself stepping here, to the end of the world, wouldn't it be nice to step over that line and you're there and it's apocalypse time and blood is raining in the streets and everything is horror. Wouldn't that be fantastic just to be there 10 minutes, take some notes, and then be able to step back? Okay, now I know exactly what I'll prepare because if you're prepped, then you're what? Ready. Then you're ready. Well, more than that, then you're not afraid. Right, this other guy is going to try to get through, so let's see what happens here. He's trying to get out to with his family to the airport. And he's saying, I gotta get me out of here. I gotta get a ticket out of this island. I think three other hurricanes are coming. He's uh, pretty deep, but he's got a Jeep. I can't make it that way, so. The unique privilege I had, and it was a blessing rather than a curse, is that I've actually been at the end of the world. I've actually experienced what it is to live through Armageddon. You see, I didn't expect it. I was one of those unprepared guys. Now I know exactly what I'll prepare because nothing worse than to be caught unprepared. To be caught unprepared. The end of the world is not about just being prepared physically. This is what a lot of us think. A lot of us think, well, well, you got to prepare physically. you got to have your, your, your food, your water. You have to have your items. You have to have your gas, etc., etc. A lot of us don't realize that you have to be equally, and I say equally because there's a reason for the equal. You have to be equally prepared spiritually. Equally prepared. Imagine this. Imagine if you're not prepared and your little daughter, three years old, I have a three-year-old, she comes to me and she starts crying and she starts begging and she starts whining and she doesn't understand why she's so hungry. It's been two days. She doesn't understand why she's so thirsty. It's been two days. And then a week and then you're scratching and then she's so starving and she's crying. You'll do anything for her. You that are unprepared will do anything for her. And I thought about that for a minute. I will. I mean, I can, I, I'm, I'm a guy that considers himself that uh, God-fearing, etc. I'm, I'm not going to do travesties, this and that, but then my daughter, my little three-year-old that doesn't know anything, I'll cut off my right arm and cook it if I need to. And I'm, I'm still going to be worthy. I'm still going to be following the laws. I'm still going to be keeping the commandments. We've all been brainwashed. What does the video games tell us? What does Walking Dead tells us? What does every TV show about the end of the world tell us? You pack your guns, you bunker down, and you start shooting. And it's dog-eat-dog world because... Because what? You've got to survive. It's all about survival. That's what we've been brainwashed to do. 
So if you think for one second that you can make it without being prepared, no. You're going to be one of the dogs eating the dogs, and you're going to be salivating, and you're going to be distressed. As you can see, the Walmart itself is boarded up. And they only have a tiny, tiny peephole of an entrance. And they have security guard right now. How long is the security guard going to be able to hold people, hungry people, back? Battering winds for a number of hours. You can already see the wind gusts. You can see that well-defined eye right there, already getting the outer bands of the rain and the winds moving towards the islands, the Virgin Islands, and then into Puerto Rico. Hurricane warning in effect. Prayers are needed for this area. So I'm sitting there with my family, and they say, okay, Hurricane Maria is coming. Okay, Hurricane Maria. Category five. Huh. Same with Irmouth. We're all right. That's just, that's a piece of cake. And then the winds came. And then the winds came. The tin roof on. They blew all night. They didn't stop. So no, no they tin didn't roof for stop. Us. And I looked outside, and I saw a tree bigger than this whole area here. This whole, in fact, tree must have been from there to there, fly 150 feet up in the air, and soon look at this. Across the sky. I've never seen winds like this. It destroyed everything. And that river, I tell you, it's it's about to swallow houses whole. It is incredible, incredible. I, frankly, I don't know how this telephone pole is still up. Where is it? Where is it? There. I mean, if I had any idea, I would have I would have boarded a plane. I, if I Nobody told me that this was possible. Nobody knew that this was possible because a hurricane has not hit the Puerto Rican islands like that ever. It hasn't ever hit this hard. This is the hardest it ever hit. In 1984, there was another hurricane, but it wasn't as hard. It didn't destroy everything, and it certainly didn't knock down the power grid of everyone. Oh, look at this destruction. It's just incredible. And here in front of us, we have a big diesel engine trying to clear off the fallen trees that are everywhere you just can't pass anywhere anywhere and then just the destruction is just just breathtaking and ominous everybody was getting their gas on time even the gas station the shell has received some damage here's across the street from the gas station they're not going to have any fuel for a while but the whole awning of the gas station itself has collapsed as you can see here in this footage the whole awning itself has collapsed absolutely no way to get gas no way to get water no way to get electric every single line is chopped power cords everywhere the destruction So there I was, in the middle of this hurricane, and I realized a couple of things. The end of the world is not about just being prepared physically. This is what a lot of us think. A lot of us think, well, well, you got to prepare physically. You got to have your 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 food, your water. You have to have your items. You have to have your gas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
a lot of us don't realize that you have to be equally, and I say equally because there's a reason for the equal. You have to be equally prepared spiritually. Equally prepared. Kind of scene you see of Puerto Rico right now, massive boulders just blocking half the highway. Right here, look at all this. Look at all this. down like a javelin with spikes. You try to get my stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I have a pit in front of there and I have all these places where I can hunker down. Government does this too, if you realize that I'm going to go off the government here too. But they're, they're as evil as can be. And they know what's happening. In fact, half of what's happening, they're causing it. If you, it only takes up to look, just look up and you see all these trails going back and forth. Huh. Trails. That, that, that didn't exist when I was here last night, these trails. But some of you think that's just clouds. Okay, whatever. Those are just clouds. Half of the thing that's happening and that's going to happen is caused by the government. So they know what's happening and they know that they're causing half of it. So they're bunkering down as well. They have all these facilities. There's one here in Utah. There's, there's facilities everywhere, deep underground, that are cities. They're bunkering down. They have their machine guns, their tanks, etc. So they're prepping like you, and they have plenty of food. But what is Armageddon for? What is the last days for anyway? What is the end of the world that's going to happen? What is it for in the first place? It's to gather the tares, burn them up, and then take out the wheat, the good stuff. It doesn't matter how bunk, this is the thing that, that the government and that people that just prep don't get. The end of the world isn't to see how rallied up you can be full of machine guns, etc., and see how much storage you can have. That's not what the end of the world is for. The end of the world is for to come after the naughty people. And some of the good too, because there'll be collateral damage. You know, God is going to be very upset. He is already upset. The only reason he's not coming down because it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Now it's worse because I mean, I'm not even going to talk about abortions. But oh my goodness, I doubt they did that in Sodom and Gomorrah to the level that we do it here. I mean, you have a Planned Parenthood just down the street. My goodness. And the way these things are celebrated now in the ears of every child. It's not any better than that. The only reason that it's not happening today is because we have a little window of opportunity with Trump and because there's too many good of you left out there. Heavenly Father's giving you an opportunity to prepare. So if you think that he's not going to reach down into those mild down bunkers that the government has and just shake the earth and have them come out and have them all destroyed and wiped out, I mean, you don't know who God is. If you think that the government can build a facility at Cheyenne Mountain and, and block God. I've heard that story before. It's called Tower of Babel. Right? I can, I can 
God's not going to get us here. And I heard that story in the Book of Mormon. Oh, one day destruction in Kidney? God can't do that. If you think you can bunker down physically with a ton of food and expect the end of the world to pass you by with these nuclear missiles or whatever, you think that thing with the... With, I used to live in Hawaii. Oh, whoops, we pressed a lean against the wall. <laughs> and whoops, uh, uh, you're getting nuked. Yeah. Oh, whoops, was, I'm sorry. I lean. The button's right here, by the way. It's three inches wide. We always leave it on the edge of the wall, my favorite leaning spot. I've done that almost a couple times, but today, today, whoops, sorry. No. Some pur- come on, people. Wake up. That's on purpose. It's a test for the real thing. You don't think that the, 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 the spraying of the chemicals to give you some kind of cancer in 10 years will wipe you out, or, or, or the earthquake that will hit by the finger of God, or, I mean, you have a, a, a huge fault running right across the town here. It's overdue. goes down to California. There's no hurricane here, but there could be. There's anything that can happen. If you think God is a weak enough person that he, he can't reach into your bunker, then you don't know God. I'm not here to talk about the physical part. I'm here to talk about the physical and the spiritual part. And to try to wake you up. Like I tried to wake you up with the saving of the Constitution, now I'm trying to wake you up to be truly prepared. Because God knows you, knows who you are, and if you are uncomfortable, you will be scared out of your mind. The first week went by. Those cans were delicious. Second week, those cans were horrible. <laughs> Having those same raviolis. I won't, I won't touch those raviolis anymore because those were the ones on sale before the hurricane. They were on sale. So I, I, I just loaded up. The whole cart was full and the second cart, and let's say the ravi. Where we have, what else should we put in there, Dad? Rice and raviolis, which tells you one thing, which they're right. Diversify your food storage because I remember when the hurricane was done and we realized I looked outside and I thought oh my goodness I cannot believe the destruction I realized what most people in that island didn't realize it was apocalypse time it was the end of the world and what happens at the end of the world panic and they didn't realize when their phone shot off by the way your phone will be useless because when the electricity goes off so everything goes off if every transformer is off, your cell phone doesn't work anymore. I found that out the hard way. I, was, I thought I would always have my cell phone. My cell phone was always going to be there. Well, what do you need? Write it down. You're going to need one of those satellite phones because your cell phone is going to be useless. Number two, oh my goodness, I have no cash. Well, I did because for the grace of God, I had bought this big, huge TV, you know, the one we love that's flat and beautiful. And it had a little crack in it. Oh, thank goodness. And so I took it back to Walmart. They gave me cash. And I had a whole bunch of $100 bills in my pocket. And then a prophecy came true. Money collapsed. Now, not in the way you think and that I used to think, which was, okay, the banks are going to you know, collapse and money's going to be useless and worthless. And I've had those dreams. And yeah, that probably will happen. But think about the other scenario. Big destruction, big earthquake, etc. Did you know that those ATMs don't work? Isn't that funny? The ATM machines stop working. They don't work. 
people at the stores that all run on the grid don't have electricity to even ring you up. It's, it's not the 1950s anymore. It's like we're so dependent on electricity and on gadgets and on the system and on these little computer chips in there that they can't give you a loaf of bread. Because I can't type into the computer, which is a system, and I can't ring it up. There's no scanner, and the, and the scanner doesn't work. Collapse. The money is collapsed. You can't get what you have in the bank. There's no way to reach it. You can have a million dollars there. It doesn't matter. I had some savings. Have some savings. Follow the words that you've been told. Why do they tell us to keep money available in our pockets? I never knew why. Why would they tell us that? Well, if you have a couple of thousand dollars in your pocket, guess what? You're going to survive while they get some kind of system going. Because they will get some kind of system going. But when? Two weeks? Three weeks? A month? Because until then, you're going to be starving to death if, you don't, if you're not prepared. You need to have a little bit of money in your pocket, a couple thousand dollars, so that you can escape. Here, you're in the desert. There, we were in an island. There's no escape. Here you're in the desert, you can drive in several directions. But guess what? When panic kicks in, where do we try to go? Gas station. That thing, there was one gas station that was operational. They had a, they had a generator pumping there, and it was running out of gas. And the line was from here to heaven. After the hurricane, and you can see that the line of gas people, the line to get gas is enormous. But the tanker finally came, and... Even though there's a line to get to the gas station to the Gulf, it is still at least there's hope. There's also a line of people behind there to try to get gas in jars. It was so long that you have to stay there 20 hours to get any kind of fuel, 10 hours, whatever. And they only gave you $10 worth, so what, 3.5 gallons, something like that. Where are you going to go on 3.5 gallons? It's, it's government regular. And I don't know how the government has reach in everywhere when the electricity is off, but they do. They do. So the government is not going to shut down. They're going to have these laws that are called curfew, by the way. That was scary when all of a sudden it's curfew. You can't go out past 6 o'clock at night. So we got to the end of the line and now martial law is in effect curfew because uh, even though we were going to get gas we get to the gas station and now uh, they are enforcing martial law they're saying nobody can get gas it's past six o'clock it's we've let you guys get gas so everybody's going home and uh, you can come back at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's curfew. Curfew. So um, you can see over there the cops arguing with somebody. And the gas station, the gulf is closed. Nobody can get gas. So it's a scene of apocalypse now. And so we've been in line all day long. We cannot get any gasoline day four of the aftermath three. Oh, day three of the aftermath day four of, since the hurricane so you can see these line of people uh, coming out from a dark dark town and also of course leaving because everybody's getting kicked out no gas no gas for anyone dismal scene here
you can't buy more than one loaf of bread and one little piece of rice. And I had some food in my house, but I thought, what is the time to do now after all this? Before these people realize it's the end of the world, I better try to get some rice and some other supplies. I go into the store, and guess what? I can only buy one little thing of rice because it's limited by the government. And the government doesn't care if people are dying. In fact, moms started to organize themselves rapidly in the cities and start to break into buildings that were, that were destroyed. They started to break into Walmart. They started to break into every single place and rob. And a lady that was walking down the street with her nice little bread loaf that the, that the bakery sold to her got stabbed and killed for her bread. So yes, you're right. It will turn wild. It will turn wild. It will be mobocracy. It will be as wild as you can imagine. Imagine day one, nobody knows what the heck's going, but imagine day seven, when most of the world decided that they don't need to save any food or water, and there's no water to drink. By day seven, you're so desperate that you are in a mob. At least the teenagers are, because the teenagers from 12 to about 21 were in these mobs. So, despair? No. There were also very many good people. Good people helping each other. Giving a hand to everybody. You see, the end of the world is not about bunkering down and shooting and trying to get for yourself like these little mobs, big mobs were doing. It's about helping people. Can we make it through or can we not make it through? I mean, this is as risky as it gets, folks. There's power line, cables dangling. I've never seen something more risky in my life. And the wind's picking up. No fool would go through this, especially that lines are everywhere. So the dog made it through. The dog made it through. We can make it through. Maybe the boy can lift up the cords. Do you need him to? Us to make it through. Incredible. He's going for it. He's going for it. Avoid the dangly death trap. Uh-oh, it's coming this way. Whoa. And the boy is lifting up the electrical high wire cords. Oh, they've hit. And thanks to the boy, we've made it. Death trap avoided. Go lift that for her. Okay, go. So we got a second taker. Oh, the second taker is stuck in the wires. Third one. She's asking for assistance. Now, the boy is lifting up the wires and saving the two people from going through. Oh, oh that's. there's a big calamity, the dam breaks and here comes the flood and you know, some good people die, that that's time when okay, so we're going to take our commandments and those get put aside because as TV says, it's dog eat dog. You think that's the situation that happens at the end of the world? That God says, okay so we've had a little destruction 
you don't have electricity, we're not having any trucks come in, by the way, there's no gasoline, so without gasoline, Walmart doesn't have any, any food in there. You should have seen the shelves at Walmart, how fast they disappeared. Don't think that those stores keep food in them, because it can be stocked to the gills, and in a couple days, it's gone. And there's no more trucks coming, by the way. Those trucks are gone. There's no trucks, there's no electricity, there's no water, there's no light, there's no gas. You know what it is like to be at 6 o'clock at night and the sun goes down and it's dark? It's horrible. I don't know how our ancestors live. I have no idea. Because I rely on that electricity, on that light, on that cell phone. But our commandments don't get put on the shelf just because there's a calamity. That's what the dogs do. Yes, there are two kinds of people. Those that take advantage and start looting and stealing, we see all those people. They start killing each other for a loaf of bread, and that's exactly how desperate they get. And then there are the prepared. You see, the prepared are not only physically prepared, because those physically prepared people are also just as savage as the rest of them. The prepared are well with themselves, and well with God, well with their neighbor, and they feel a sense of peace in the storm. No matter what the storm is, whether it's, whether it's destruction, whether it's war, I've talked a lot to the people in Texas, and I'll tell you what, they're ready for war. Whether it's war, whether it's mobs, whatever it is, the people prepared are at peace. And whether you die, because the Lord doesn't, doesn't promise that you're going to stay alive, you're just going to die, but you're going to go to paradise. But you're going to be feeling good about yourself because while you're alive, your little three-year-old has food. Your little three-year-old has water. You're doing the best. And you know what? Some people say, well, why, why, should I, why should I even store that stuff? Hurricane comes or the flood comes. It's just going to sweep all that away. Hey, believe me as one that knows because I've been there. If you followed what Heavenly Father asked you to do, He will provide manna for you. Don't expect them to provide manna if that didn't exist already in your cover. That can go down with the atomic bomb or whatever it is. But you don't believe that miracles happen when you're prepared? You need to feel confident in yourself. So when that day comes, you don't turn into one of those people that they brainwashed you that you need to become. Which is one of the dogs, one of the murderers. Because you will. What do you need most? Let me tell you what I needed. The number one thing I needed and my family needed in Puerto Rico, I'll just say it right now. What is the one thing you need at the end of the world? Food. You need food more than anything. Can you drink some of those soups to water? Yes. Gather a little bit. But you need food. Number two, I found out very quickly you need water. I know this is preaching to like, oh, well, that's obvious. No, you don't understand. You don't need a little bit of water. You need a lot of water. And I'm talking where it rains all the time. Every other day it's raining and you still need a lot of water. And if your taps aren't running, and they won't be running, you need a ton of water. How much? I can't explain how fast my, I probably had 180 gallons. I can't, that ran out in probably less than a week. Now I have a big family, there's my wife and I and six kids, but that ran out quickly. <laughs> And then somebody got water, the church got water, we ran over there, we got the water, filled up our, all our tanks again. But you don't realize something, once there's been a disaster, 
they turn off the water, they turn it back on, that, that water that comes on is poisonous. It's horrible, whether it's a, an earthquake or... Uh, we didn't realize that, so we had a little bit of that water. And oh my goodness, the toilet. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was my house. It's like, ah, I'm going to die from that tainted water. You have to have water. Luckily, number three, you have to have medicine. Some natural supplies. Now, luckily, I had this thing called MMS, and it's cheaper than dirt to make yourself. Lucky that I had a supply of that. So whatever supplies that you have natural, and make sure you have your medications, for goodness sake. The pharmacies will be closed. My wife had a prescription that she needed so bad, and before the hurricane came, when everybody was still, was still buckling up, I begged them for hours, please, can you fill her? But Mr. Ring, I'm sorry, we have 100 people behind you desperate to fill because they all want their medications filled before the hurricane. Well, after the hurricane comes, there was no filling any medication. Guess where the doctors went? They got out of there as quick as possible. They hired their jets, whatever it was, to get out of that island. If there was a plane to leave, they got on it. They paid whatever they had, their watches, whatever they got. There was no doctors left, so you're not going to have anybody to help you in case of an emergency. You need to have medical supplies. If you don't know how to heal yourself, how to bandage yourself, how to help your son if he's injured, how to help your diarrhea if you get a nasty bug, then you're just going to die from dehydration because you're not going to have enough water to hydrate. And it's going to be nasty. Prepare yourself, a third category, is prepare yourself emotionally because you have no idea how stressed you'll be if you think it's all going to be hunky-dory. It's not, there's not going to be a situation ever in your life that's going to be anything similar. It's going to be so stressful because everything matters and you don't know if somebody's going to be coming to your door to take from you, to harm you, or is there as a neighbor. You don't know. It's just a stressful time. Day eight after the hurricane, the National Guard is put in motion despite the civil unrest of the citizens in Puerto Rico not wanting the National Guard. I guess the governor has now signed it official into documents that the National Guard is to roll out. And now outside of Ponce, the National Guard is getting ready and rolling out. Day eight, Hurricane Maria. Once the United Nations flew in and their tanks came in to take over, because they do, they will. It was the funnest thing ever I saw. I saw this invasion of United Nations tanks. I was up in the mountain filming and I saw them and I, they were in legions of trucks and armaments and tanks and they took over. It was their town. So expect them to take over with their big UN signs on them. And they took over everything. It was, it was, it was, that was it. It was, it was the dominion of the foreign government. So how did you get out of there? We went to the airport. Couldn't even find it because all the signs were blown away. Somehow we got to this place late at night. I told my son, camp there in that line, see what happens. 
I myself have tried to get a ticket to get on any single airline to get out of here, paid or unpaid, wherever it is, and, and you just can't get out of here. You're stuck. You're stuck in this place of misery and heat. You cannot even imagine how hot it is. All the people trying to fan themselves, but it's it's just so incredibly depressing. Uh, people have been here waiting for a couple of days now, and you know, you try to get on JetBlue, you try to get on on Delta or or uh, Southwest, and they were doing a humanitarian. Uh, flight here and there but then now they have some lists who knows where that mysterious list is to get onto that list and it's not that 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 I need to get on the plane free I just need to get on the plane I need to get my family on the plane so it's just uh, uh, incredible lack of coordination by the airlines by the government that makes it so that we can't even get out of a bad situation and you have to ask yourself what what's happening here why isn't the government responding? There's lots of airplanes. Why isn't there planes flying out of here 24/7? Nobody knows this. Uh, it's it, it's it's desperation here, and you cannot imagine how thirsty and hungry everybody is here. But you know, the only choice is to stick around. Try to see if we can get a flight out of here. Try to see if we can get out. And that's where we're at. Remember before, buy gold because nothing will be worth except gold? No, gold wasn't worth anything. Amen. Not gold, not silver, not cash, because they can't use their ATMs. I, they can't use their little machines, so you can't buy a ticket, you can't do anything. There is no money. Money has collapsed. How did you pay for the ticket? I didn't. I got there, along with the other 20,000 people, desperate, chanting, get me out, and desperate, and no, we can't. And we only have these three flights flying out. Oh, and by the way, there's curfew, so nothing can take off after six. We're in an emergency situation now. What do you mean that we can't take off? Anyway, we're at the airport uh, trying to get a ticket out. All the stations are closed, Delta, Spirit, etc. But I've learned something fantastic. I've learned that if you wait in line, you might be able to just catch a ride on one of the airplanes out of here for free. So all you got to do is sleep in that line I guess because I guess that line gets pretty hefty during the night time so you see that line right there of people just slaying down kicking it time to take a nap see that um, I guess but that line is the waiting line so um, they're not really charging I guess at least not Southwest which thank you Southwest Airline for carrying and letting us get the hell out of here but anyway southwest free for now if you wait in line and if they get the family members on and whoever else wants to go right now the line's short so i'm thinking two air two plane tickets two airline um rides tomorrow maybe we can make it again good news i'm at the san jose airport and you can get out of here if you wait in line if you come tomorrow the line's going to be super long so it's camp out time and that's the situation of the seventh day of the hurricane we're in the airport day one i let my kid sleep there stay in line day two and we're praying and it's perseverance that's it just a positive attitude that you 
will be helped by the Lord in your situation. That's it. You're worthy. You didn't do anything wrong. You tried to follow everything that they told you. And you need the Lord's help. That's it. So how does a man get from Puerto Rico to save his family of eight people? Not himself. That's easier. Hop on a plane. Eight people without money. I had money in the bank, but not across the ocean. And then how do you do that? Well, you're confident in the Lord. And then you talk to somebody. And you say, hey, here's my family. Please get us out. Can't we go free on the airplane? We'd like to buy a ticket, but we can't. No, sir, we can't. Do you think he says yes? No. So I do that one time. I go my round, United Airlines, Eastern Airlines, Southwest, and then downstairs to the other airlines, and then back upstairs, back to Eastern Airlines. I thought I told you yesterday. Yes, I know, but just think about it. You'd let, put me in a list, Southwest, yeah. and I do that again, and somebody says yes? No. I do that the next day, and I keep doing that all day. That's my job. Going over the canal by San Juan, and I cannot express to you the stinkiness, the level of stench coming out of that canal after the sewer pipes are broken down, and just the black tar of sewer going into that canal. It's incredible. And there's this line, and 20,000 people, and it's so hot, and there's no air conditioning. And by the way, the sewers have all broken, so there's this bog. There's this bog of human refuge that goes as far as the eye can see into the ocean, and it's just, it's black. And the smell, the smell is like nothing that you could imagine. This smell, you could pass out. I was trying to eat, and I, I couldn't eat because of the smell of human refuge. Refuse. Scene of utter and total pandemonium here at the San Juan Airport, uh, Delta Southwest. Supposedly they're standby, and so there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people waiting to get back home. Um, I myself need to get the heck out of here. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It seems like this island has got us stuck, got a grip around us. It's hard to say. So anyway. Um, I hope I can get out of here. I got confirmed flights on Southwest at 2 and 4 and another one. But who knows if I'm going to be able to get out of here. Look at this mess. It's incredible. Get me out of here. There's 20,000 people packed in that airport desperately trying to get out. There's no escape. There's no food. They're all dying. They're starving. We whip out a can and start eating it. Pass it along our kids. And then... Oh, look at me out. Where do we get it? And then one lady, well, ah, oh, well, she said, well, that's good. <laughs> well, yes, what? What's it going to take? Well, I didn't, yeah, I'm going to talk. No, listen. Well, how many of our, are you? Can't we get on the plane? And there's, there should be a waiting list. I've already gone downstairs. There was no waiting list except, well, you should have gone the waiting list. Three. I've been here two or three days ago. I've been here. There was a well. So I continued stabbing away. And people saw that I was stabbing away, so they were forming this line behind me. How's it going? And I'm telling him, I'm listening to the spirit. I'm Don't bug her now, because then she's definitely going to say, no, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait now. And then again. And then, okay. 
And then we're so happy, okay, and the crowd's cheering, okay, and Noriega's uh, got her to say, okay. And then here comes the grumpy lady, right, because the opposition of all things. <laughs> and she says, I don't know what you're thinking, Noriega, but you're not getting on no plane. You're not getting on no plane, and by George, if I die, you're not getting on, you're not getting on no plane. <laughs> and nobody's getting, and she makes an official announcement, hello everybody, I'd like to tell everybody that whatever you were told before, you cannot get on that plane. There's no planes out of here, the only planes we have leaving are two, and they are packed with people that already had airline tickets, and you're not going anywhere because these other people have been waiting here for over a week, etc. I'm saying to myself, these are lies because the hurricane came only three, you know, the, the, the less than three weeks ago, it came two, two weeks ago, something like that. So that, that's all lies. All the other airports are closed. This is the only place to get out. I can't take my family anywhere. The airport, by the way, was flooded with water. As you're driving in, you have to go through three, four feet of water with your car. But then I waited, and then she softens. That's, you've seen it happen. Softens. Did you pray for her to soften? We all did. Okay. Even even the atheists back there were praying. <laughs> and then she makes an announcement, something, and makes a joke and laughs and expects everybody else to laugh, and we're just we're just you're the one that wants to go. So we get on the plane. I couldn't believe it. I was on that plane with my family for free. And I watched all these 20,000 people. None of them were on there except me and my family and a couple others that they let on there. They stopped the line, maybe probably a few behind me. But anyway, we, we made it on there. Scene of carnage, as you can see, all the people there just, I mean, as far as the eye can see, just people wanting to get the heck off the island. There's no air conditioning in this freaking airport as you can see I'm dying as well and um, but good news <laughs> unbelievable I got the tickets I got the tickets we are leaving look at this beautiful thing here tickets out of the island off the island and let me tell you something about this um, I couldn't buy any tickets but somehow um, I persuaded uh, them to give me free tickets and so I persuaded them to give me free tickets off the island talk about major blessing but anyway um, didn't have to pay anything for them would have paid anything for them I am off the island I have to wait standby I've been here since yesterday uh, just just waiting to get off the island somehow and we made it we're off the island off of zombie land and it's about uh, two o'clock right now. I've been here since, like I said, since last night. But it's been an ordeal and a half. Uh, oh gosh, no, unbelievable. Uh, but I can't believe it. I got the tickets and I'm out of here. I'm out of here, and we're out of here. <sighs> Nothing. You don't take anything with you in the end of the world. You take a couple cans and your 72-hour kit, right? Which I didn't have. By the way, I had a couple backpacks, full of food, and some water, and that's not it. We did. We we came with nothing: shoes, clothes, and some food, and that's it. On your back. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so we got out of there, and I realized on the plane I'm looking back and I say, twenty thousand people desperate, and I get out with eight. That's the Lord. That's not my destruction. That's for me. That's a blessing for me to see 
so I can tell you what the end of the world looks like. Because he's saying to me, look, you're in a unique position, this is a blessing, but this is not your destruction. Your destruction is coming. Our destruction everywhere is coming. Texas, Hawaii, wherever you can be. Destruction is coming. Now, a lot of us think the destruction is all at once and all at the same time. No, it's just going to be incremental, but it's coming. And sometime in your life, you're going to see disaster. And it's coming. From Zombie Island, I can't believe we made it on the plane. Now, that's a good, good thing. What do you think, Doug? Passing by this ATM over here just a second ago, this Chase ATM, and I got excited. I was thinking to myself, well, <clears throat> why am I excited? Why am I so excited? And I realized it's because just a few days ago, in that horrible place in uh, Puerto Rico, I was fighting for our life, and getting money out of that ATM was was what needed to happen and so now looking at an ATM just for a second I say hey I gotta I gotta get something out of there I don't know what but I keep forgetting I'm in these are the aftershocks of of the going through an experience like I just have but uh, I keep forgetting I'm back in civilization and we get to Miami I told my wife I should I should ask for some tickets to California. We went through an ordeal, and I just simply asked her, you know, can we have some tickets to go to California, across the country? She says, well. of course. <laughs> Southwest Airlines, by the way, is the one that got us out, and Southwest Airlines is the one that said yes. Yes, of course. Oh. She even offered to buy us some McDonald's. I said, no, 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 we have money. We have money for that. She was going to take money out of her purse to buy us some McDonald's. Because she saw us. We were in rags. So after being in a hurricane, you're in rags. Same clothes. Up. And so she saw us, and she saw how hungry we were. And yes, we, got a, we fed ourselves at McDonald's, the old place where, where that was open at 2 o'clock in the morning when we got there. But they gave us free tickets. Who can go to an airline and get free tickets to get out of an island where everybody else is begging. Not my disaster. And who can go to that same airline and say, hey, can I have some free tickets for eight to California? And sure. Not just from Puerto Rico to here, but from here to here, all free. That was the hand of, that's That's why I say spiritually prepared is the same as physically prepared because you're not going to be able to ask the guy, the only guy that may have a hard heart, to help your family on whatever they need that only he can do if you're not spiritually prepared with the man upstairs. You may have your machine guns and everything, but you're not going to be able to touch this guy to help you out of the one thing that you need. And you're not going to be able to watch as the storm goes around, swings trees all over the place, and yet it's quiet in your home. And you're not going to be able to have the necessary food, water, cash in your pocket by a miracle. There's no stopping it. There's just preparing for it. 
If you are not prepared physically, spiritually, and emotionally, then, my goodness sake, don't think that a little bunker with spikes in it is going to save you. You're just going to get taken out by the other guy with spikes and bolts in his place. Because it will be a dog-eat-dog and a mountain-of-the-Lord type situation. Calamity is going to happen to all the good with the bad. It's going to be, it comes to everybody, good or bad. It's just whether or not you have peace and ability to say whether I go now or whether I stay, I'm square with the Lord. Don't become a part of the reason the destructions are coming. And don't become a part of nothing's coming, all is well, because something's coming. What do we need together to be prepped and to help our neighbors be prepped so that we can all be comfortable? is happening out there we just it's uh, so much wind that a little while ago you were able to see um, the actual trees moving and stuff out there but now all there is is clouds so the actual clouds of the actual hurricane the hurricane itself are now upon us so I just want you to catch the image here of this hurricane as I scroll around my balcony, obviously I'm inside because it's not safe out there anymore. But, uh, you know, here's the porch and you can see the winds uh, gushing through that mist-like clouds. Uh, just an eerie sight as you see those winds with those kind of cloud things whizzing by. We're actually in the middle of the clouds as these hurricane winds pass by. Look at that. And you can see the destruction out there. It's pretty vast. I want to take a shot out there, but I don't want to make the pressure change the actual, uh, you know, the if you open your, your the, the door of your house and the winds come in, change pressure and something blows out. But you, like you can see the trees themselves, how they've been snapped everywhere. Big, huge trees have been snapped. And this mist just hurling across. Almost as if, as if the angels of destruction are coming, flying across the the midst of the sky.